Welcome to the Let's Sip podcast, where we pontificate on all things craft beer. In this inaugural episode, we will be exploring the new Goose Island release, Paper Umbrella. Uh, Paper Umbrella is a uh, brand new tropical IPA from Goose Island, uh, originally out of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, So new, in fact, that their website doesn't have any information about the beer. Uh, the release party will bow on Monday, August 27th, at the roof of the uh, Roby Hotel in the Wicker Park neighborhood of Chicago. So if you're in the Chicago area and want to be a part of the uh, release festivities, hit up the Cabana Club uh, next week and check out the Goose Island website for more information. Now, Goose Island has done a couple of unique things that they've not done before with this particular can release, um, as they recently did with their uh, tea-infused beer, uh, Soilel. They have once again gone with the 16-ounce can route, which is uh, aside from what their usual releases are in either a 12-ounce bottle or a 12-ounce can. So with this 16-ounce can release, uh, they followed suit with uh, one of the one of the many smaller craft breweries are doing these days, and that is to go with a uh, plain, basic silver can and a, basically affix a label over to the top of it. Uh, considering Goose Island was purchased by AB InBev several years ago. They cannot be be hurting for money, so I assume that this new uh, aesthetic for this can release is simply to uh, jump on the bandwagon of the other local brewers who, instead of getting cans printed and actually affixing images and label art directly onto the can, are just going to are choosing to order plain cans for cheaper and affix their own stickers. So Goose has gone a similar direction with this latest release. And another thing that I have not uh, seen too often from then is a note of um, advice on the can that says this beer is best consumed within 90 days. Usually Goose basically sticks to a bottled or canned on date. And um, the last... uh, of gu- sort of guidance I ever received on any of their beers was that all of their packaged beer should be consumed within 110 days. Now this was a few years back, and I don't know if that uh, if that guidance is still applies or not. But um, that is all that I had heard up until this point. Um, either that, or you could basically maybe sometimes assume a standard 180 days or six months, which is uh, what I often do if I find a beer that I cannot find uh, any sort of information about freshness on. The last word I heard was 110 days. Uh, This beer says you should drink within 90 days. That will be interesting to see if this hurts them or uh, hurts them in the long run if they this beer proves to not be a very hot seller. But we shall see. So that's two unique things that Goose has done with this package release. But what about the beer itself? Well, the beer itself is categorized, as I mentioned earlier, as a tropical IPA. It is 5.1% alcohol by volume, so it's definitely uh, on the lower end of the standard IPA spectrum. 
uh, and it is at 38 uh, IBUs or uh, international bitterness units. And that is uh, that's kind of in the range of where you usually find a a Goose Island beer or a Goose Island hoppy beer, whether that be a pale ale or an IPA. They usually don't tend to aim too high on the uh, bitterness spectrum. Uh, their their uh, flagship IPA is more of a traditional English style IPA, so it's definitely a a uh, better balanced IPA with a lot of malt forward character and even that ranks at uh, a mere 55 IBUs. So Goose doesn't tend to play in the uh, too too overly hopped or too bitter category. So it's not a surprise to see uh, this IPA clocking in only 38 IBU. Uh, it also contains wheat for some reason that is labeled on the can. So if uh, any uh, uh, as a potential allergen, it's great that they note that on the can, just in case some people uh, might be gluten-free or uh, have an allergy to gluten. It also states that there are notes of pineapple and coconuts. I, I get a little bit of coconut on there for sure. Um, they don't mention anything about the actual hops used, and as I mentioned, since no information is currently available on their website for this brand new beer, uh, then uh, it's hard to say exactly what hops are in here. Uh, as the beer pours out, it is definitely on the lighter side. It's more of a straw color uh, than an amber. So, uh, it's definitely, I don't. It's definitely showing some of that more weedy characteristics. Definitely pours on a lighter color, and uh, the aroma is quite exceptional. You're definitely getting those tropical notes on the nose. Uh, you're definitely getting the hop, the drum notes of some dry hopping on the nose, uh, especially since they don't entirely follow through into the finish of the beer. Now, one thing I do notice when I was sipping this beer is it tends to be somewhat reminiscent of uh, Dogfish Head merely in one of the hops used. Now, I don't know what this particular hop is, um, as this hop uh, doesn't, as this this particular beer doesn't tend, contain any information on the hop profile. Um, Dogfish Head's um, flagship 60-minute IPA is notoriously known for uh, being uh, rather mute on the hops that it uses in that particular beer. I tend to think that Falconer's Flight is one of the hops used, but I could be very wrong. That is just merely a guess. Um, after trying a few different pale ales where Falconer's Flight was one of the main hops, or at least the only particular hop used in such a beer, um, I've noticed similarities to uh, the sort of hop taste and the hop profile I get from a 60-minute IPA. I could be wrong in that guess, um, but it definitely has some similar notes in the uh, what I would find in a Dogfish Hut IPA. But again, I could be wrong, and it could be another uh, hop commonality between these particular beers. So it definitely is a little bit of funkiness on the nose. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm translating a lot of pineapple in the finished product.
There is definitely a lot of flavor here. Um, there's just not a lot of what I would call a juicy characteristic. If you're looking for um, something a little more juicy and upfront in the hot profile, you're just not going to find out with this particular beer. Again, it's um, the, the hop aftertaste is a little subdued. It's not necessarily to say it's a bad thing. It's just not going to be uh, what many people are looking for as far as like a juicy notes to it. Um, you're not, I'm not noticing any um, large doses of uh, anything like a citra hop on the main on the on the uh, front end of the profile so uh my guess is they're going with a plunge of several different hops it's it's rather tasty quite easy to drink um there is a lot of flavor and a lot of characteristics here for a low ABV beer. It's just, it's very similar to what Goose Island does with their IPAs. You're going to find, uh, even if this does rank higher than some of their other stuff, this, this, is, this is leaps and bounds better than their Midway IPA or their Old Man Grumpy, uh, which uh, boasts lots of hop hop character or lots of hop uh usage and um inclusions in their in their boils but they don't translate to a very uh tasty end game here there's a little more taste in there but it's still it's still quite balanced with the malt to, for more of a uh, what you would call traditional english style approach to an ipa even even on top of noting it as being a tropical ipa So this should be it should be interesting to see how this fares amongst the other uh, juicy IPAs and tropical IPAs in the market. Uh, for a market like the Chicagoland area, um, there's there's a huge influx of new breweries opening, new beers coming in, um, new styles becoming more popular. Today is the age of the New England style or hazy IPA and things like milkshake IPAs. So to, uh, this is, I think, kind of Goose's latest attempt to jump into the mix um, with the latest and greatest, or at least uh, trying to adhere to a new style. Uh, they're definitely doing that with their canned approach and with uh, putting some uh, fresh advisories on the cans. So it should be interesting to see how this fares. So some final thoughts on Paper Umbrella. If you are a Goose fan, um, and I'm saying this more from the aspect of 
uh, a Goose fan who's going to like their pretty much their everyday releases. There's there's two schools of Goose fan. There's those who are looking for their uh, you know their Belgian stuff, um, the Ladies series, uh, or perhaps Bourbon County and their barrel age stuff. Those special releases. Um, there's those kinds of fans, and then there's the fan that's going to go for their everyday product. Uh, your 312s, your IPAs, uh, your Old Man Grumpy, your Midway IPA. Uh, this beer kind of falls in the middle of those two schools, which it, which puts it in an interesting predicament. Um, I can't necessarily recommend it for those who are looking for a very special release or who usually stick to a barrel-aged or uh, the ladies or their Belgian side or their sours. Um, and then again, it's hard to recommend this to somebody who's interested in the um, stuff like 312 or Green Line uh, or Goose IPA, where there's definitely a little more balance or a little more subtlety. This kind of plays between, between the lines. But I would definitely say this is going to be for somebody who enjoys the Goose IPA or who enjoys uh, branching out into the Old Man Crumpy or the Midway or something like that. Something buddy's looking for a little more hops with the Goose IPAs or with the Goose beers, but doesn't necessarily want a um, super bitter hop bomb. Um, I would definitely feel feel confident recommending the paper umbrella to somebody like that uh should be interesting to see what the price point is when this gets released see how it competes with the other beers in the market and uh see if it can um enchant that particular craft beer drinker to um try to get them to branch out experiment and try something different that's what a beer drinking is all about, is the journey to find uh, something new and uh, expand your horizons. So hopefully uh, this draws in the, uh, the Goose Island consumer to, uh, to uh, step out into a new plank and uh, give a new beer a try. For anybody else... This particular tropical IPA uh, paper umbrella is probably not going to be the next um, next favorite in your arsenal, but it's uh, it definitely is an easy drinking beer. It's pretty tasty. It's just it's not exceptional. It's a good beer, but it's nothing super great. I'm going to segue into a uh, different topic of conversation here for the moment. Uh, but this does uh, have some credence or some uh, connection to what I discussed earlier. Uh, considering uh, craft beer or the uh, big business of big craft beer, so to speak. Uh, as I mentioned, Goose Island is currently owned by AB InBev. Um, a conglomerate which is now owned by uh, billionaire Brazilian investors, uh, which includes the line of Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch uh, company, which is the Budweiser line of products, uh, as well as craft breweries like Elysian and Breckenridge. And um, most recently, you could add uh, Wicked Weed into that mix. 
well, I guess not, not most recently, but of the um, ones that I mentioned, uh, Wicked Weed would be the newest in that few in the portfolio. So Goose Island was sold to AB InBev, but another big, a rather large craft brewer, still independent, um, still independently owned and. It's a public traded company, but it has not been sold out to investors or anything like that. Would be a Boston Beer Company, uh, maker of the Sam Adams line of beers, most famously the Boston Lager. Now, Sam Adams is going through its own challenges, being a uh, very large uh, craft beer um company that it is so large in fact that some would argue it is no longer considered to be a microbrewery or craft beer considering its size and distribution well on top of the boston lager and the different sam adams beers in its portfolio boston beer company also makes angry orchard as well as Twisted Tea, and most recently, the Truly line of uh, sparkling or the alcoholic seltzer waters. Well, this is creating a challenge because uh, its latest venture into the alcoholic beverage industry seems to be consuming all of its canning line resources. They don't have enough cans or can't keep enough can storage running. They don't have enough cans and they don't have enough can line capacity to can all the beers that they need to make, um, as well as any of the Truly, because the Truly is selling so well. Well, for the local reps, they consider this to be a good problem to have. Uh, it's understandable. The company is doing well, but they're also moving away from um, what the um, the founders uh, kind of originally intended, and it's uh, seems to be a difficult challenge when you uh, your distributors run low on standards like uh, Boston Lager and cans because all your canning line is being used to. Uh, spit out can after can of a sparkling water beverage because that seems to be your best seller at the moment. Um, Boston Lager is not the only one to have uh, felt the uh, repercussions of this in recent days. Uh, currently, the um, one of their new year-round beers, the Sam 76, 12-pack uh, cans are currently unavailable. Uh, Twisted Tea has been uh, hit and miss in its availability in, in recent weeks, uh, which has hurt the summer season between picnic and boating. It's been rough getting those 12 packs of both the variety and the original in uh, cans. So all their other canning runs hurt while Truly is getting packaged. Um, of course, this is a great thing if you're Boston, a Boston beer company shareholder and uh, truly is selling like crazy and uh, money is being made. But if you're looking for beer and you want to, you're still a uh, craft beer enthusiast and you want to be, uh, or you're dedicated to the Sam Adams line of beers, this might make you think twice before throwing more money at uh, Boston Beer Company and do another 
12 pack or another six pack. It's an interesting problem to have for an employee or a shareholder. It's a uh, it's another can of worms entirely for the consumer or for someone who just wants to respect the company as a producer of craft beer. And a final final word on this as um Jim Cook has been notorious about um his beer, how it's released and uh how how fresh it is and uh how uh, retailers and restaurants and so to speak handle his product. I'd be curious to see what his thoughts were if he uh if he was told that Boston Lager cans were unavailable because they were currently packaging uh, more sparkling seltzer for his company to sell. All right, folks, rant over. And with that comes the end of our show. Uh, on my way out the door, I just want to mention a few of the beers that I have enjoyed lately. Hopefully you can seek them out for yourself. Uh, recently released or recently returned to four-pack cans was half uh, half acre double daisy cutter uh, phenomenal beer and a solid improvement on the original pale ale uh, brickstone released a citra ipa called permanent vacation uh, after many a uh, single hop citra beer like uh, such greats as uh, uh, beer hates astronauts from the aforementioned half acre and uh, King Sue, which is a double IPA featuring the Citra Hop. Uh, Brickstone has done its own thing with the Citra Hop, making it a beer that's uh, very unique to their own style and being very equally delicious when it comes to the uh, feature of such a prominent hop on its profile. Uh, also to be mentioned, if you're looking for a New England style that uh, won't break your bank but is uh, equally delightful and delicious, uh, Boulders Due East proved to be a delicious drink for a uh, reasonable price. Problem with uh, hazy IPAs when it comes to, uh, aside from their limited availability, is their rather large price tag uh, for being such a hot, sought-after item. But Boulevard uh, decided to package their Due East New England-style IPA in six-pack 12-ounce cans for the reasonable and close-to-standard price of $9.99. Uh, that's if you're in the Chicago area. I apologize if you're... Uh, your alcohol prices are a little bit higher wherever you might be listening. Uh, but those are just a few of the beers I've enjoyed recently. Seek them out if you can. And on that note, I would like to say thank you for listening, and um, I will drink with you next time. <laughs>